Hello everyone, and welcome to the show Crossroad Stories, and we are your hosts. I'm Demonic Freak. And I am Rosemary. And this is the show where we talk about everything roleplay and weird. Join us in our odd shenanigans as we explore various topics and VRP, but mostly voice roleplay. Alright, so, of course, start off this segment with any news and updates, but as always, if you want an explanation as to what happened in the previous episode, go and check out the previous episode. Trust me, you don't want to miss any of these episodes, because otherwise you're going to get lost real fast. Is that right, Mary? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack now, now that we've got a handful of episodes to to watch. And rewatch it if you want. Oh, yeah. So, be very well aware of that, because... Um, a lot of stuff happens, and to be honest, we don't really, um, we can't really just sum it up for you guys because otherwise we're going to be glossing over quite a few things, and not only that, but we can't really explain a whole lot either, otherwise it gives away the episode. So, trust me, just go through and watch the episodes. You do not want to miss any part of this. Trust me. So, um, let's see. As for what is new with us, we are now currently for our main canon story since remember this actual story that we're doing as an rp on this podcast is actually an au which means alternative universe or like an alternative story from the actual canon story so if you actually want to check out the main story or the original story where these two characters generate from that is false lies and it's on our patrons so you can either go to rose's patron or my patron and go and check it out we're up to right now seven pages in the works but four are available right now on our patrons so if you want to check that out go ahead and check it out but anyways with all that being said let's go ahead and start this next episode of the warden's cage As Rose is looking at the Illuminator and kind of inspecting it, and as well as maybe playing with it a little bit, trying to see how dim it can go by how lightly she shakes it, as well as how, without shaking it too much, how brightly it does shine that is more tolerable, and kind of gauging how much she should shake and how much she shouldn't. But at the same time, unfortunately, this young female is not privy to this knowledge, but slowly a shadow casts over her until she is bathed in the shadow of her giant companion, now looming behind her as he clutches his fists and his knuckles begin to crack a bit. Rose grows slightly uneasy. She slowly turns her head to look up at Clyde, who is now behind her. She kind of furrows her brow a little bit, like, oh, are you going to bed too? The man then kind of leans down, sitting on the edge of this nook where his nest or bed was, and kind of looks down at his small companion. And with a tinge of anger and betrayal in his voice, he seems to kind of still remain somewhat cool, but there is this odd and very obscure sound to his voice. 
something almost ominous. Hmm, something like that, I guess you could say. Why you ask? He pauses. <laughs> Nothing, I was just curious. You tell, he can tell from looking at, at the small, the small girl that Rose is definitely getting more uncomfortable with his voice. She kind of clutches the illuminator in her arms. Although Clyde is not one for beating around the bush, and he hates it when people do so. So regardless, he still gets to the point of why he's there. And just kind of takes his boots off and then goes over and sits on his bed as he is just kind of looking down at her. We need to talk. He pauses. Okay. About what? The man's eyes seem to narrow on her a little bit, and his eyebrows slowly angle downwards a bit. But regardless, he begins to speak again. So listen, about that call you made yesterday. You said something about the weather as well as how hot it was. To be honest, if you were to think or just from any normal person, that would seem rather odd, but probably also for the fact that it's a little probably not so suspicious, but in a situation like this, with someone like me, that, oddly enough, sounds like you were talking in code. That sounded like hints to me. His voice just kind of permeates the air as he lets that hang there for a bit. Now feeling more and more scared, almost at the realization of getting caught. Rose tries her best to backpedal. But depending on where we were, yeah, it was really hot. I needed a drink of water, remember? He interjects. Except for the fact there wasn't a damn sandstorm. Rose swallows a bit nervously as she kind of bows her head a little bit. She was never really good at lying anyway. He sees this and sees that she has no other way of getting out of this. And in fact notices that she's pretty much given up and trying to fight him on this. So with that, he just kind of scratches his arm a little bit. All right. Given for that fact, I'm pretty damn sure they know where you are, at least somewhat. From what you've said, it's very possible they know that you're in a desert now and they know that you're further south. That's the only assumptions that I can think of so far. And if that be the case, then they'd be heading somewhere for around this area. But we will see. As for your punishment, and yes, you will be punished. I will decide on that. His voice, gravelly, but also aggravated as it growls under his breath. Rose begins to grow increasingly uncomfortable. She kind of slides 
a bit away from Clyde and shivers a bit as her body starts to tremble. He sees this, and of course, it arouses his curiosity a little bit as for any small prey moving away from him almost immediately triggers the feeling to chase, so to speak. It looks like she's getting ready to run, but at the same time, there's not much of a way she can go, so she's pretty much trapped. And almost instinctually, he puts his hand down to the right of her, his left, and blocks off her exit from that direction forcing her to possibly go into the corner. Her fight or flight responses were going into high gear, but with nothing left to do, she was forced to simply freeze as she crumples into a ball, clutching the illuminator, just whimpering because she doesn't know what to do. She can't get away from him. She can't fight him. That'd That'd be a stupid thing to do. Seeing her freeze up like that, he immediately grabs her, and as his fingers wriggle underneath her and pull her into his grasp and squeezes slightly enough to the point that she gets the wind knocked out of her, she drops the illuminator as he brings her up to his face. Please, no. No. The man's lips curl up into a sort of snarl and he opens his teeth and roars at her. as the torrent of wind and spittle just flies at her, she sees the entire inner lining of not only just his teeth, but also his entire mouth as well. Indeed, yes, his teeth have two concentric rows on top and bottom jaws of those same teeth she saw earlier, and as well as His tongue was indeed tattooed with a pale dark cross that seemingly looks to be upside down. But another strange notion she finds is towards the back of his throat. He doesn't have a uvula, which means, to her at least, he doesn't have a gag reflex. Rose's brain goes into haywire. She sits there frozen, her eyes wide, and she's... The only thoughts going in her head is like, he's going to do it, he's going to kill me. As her eyes roll back into her head and she falls out of consciousness in his hand. And as the girl falls limp in his grip, he glares at her. And regardless, the last thing she sees before she passes out is his teeth and his entire mouth opening wider as it begins to get closer and closer to her before blackness envelops her. In Rose's unconscious state, everything seemed to fall away and seemingly relaxation, tranquility to some degree. She had forgotten what happened and In this darkness, her mind wanders as slowly she begins to 
come out of her passed out state. Rose is in a state of complete darkness. She does not see anything. She does not hear anything that well. It's hard to pinpoint things. She almost wonders if she is dead, as she can't really feel herself move, nor can she control her body. But through all of this, she begins to feel something. Like this searing warmth. This heat like a sauna. It was... It's almost like it was so humid. You could feel the heat all sinking into your skin. And with this feeling, she also notices that she feels a kind of wetness about her. She can't really pinpoint if it's sweat or something else, but some kind, like similar to a warm rain almost. As she tries to focus on everything that is happening, her ears suddenly pick up a very strange sound all around her. Beating sound. Drum, maybe? No. No. A heartbeat. And she focuses on that. She can hear a sharp inhale, thundering exhale, back and forth. It's like something expanding and then contracting, like a breath. The last thing she picks up on is a grotesque gurgling sound. She's not sure what this is. She tries to focus on it. She can't recall what this sound is. She continues to try and focus, but alas, she can feel herself fading away again. Just focusing on the warmth itself. And she relishes how nice this warmth is as she passes out again. And as these sounds begin to fall away for Rose and give way to the darkness and the muted shadow around her, she feels fallen in suspense within this darkness until finally she begins to stir and wake from this darkness once again. With a gasp, Rose, Rose's eyes open as she feels a rush of cold around her. She feels soaked to the bone. She kind of struggles to sit up. And this, this coldness just rushing past her like a wind almost leaves her feeling vulnerable, even weak. She can't recall, but she knows now she definitely doesn't feel safe in this state. And she kind of huddles a little bit with her arms and looks around. Her vision is still blurry as she tries to sit up. And as Rose begins to slowly sit up, but her center of balance feels completely out of whack, she looks around and as she looks above her, she's very blurry, but sees this shadow moving away from her. But as her vision begins to clear, she finds the giant Clyde moving away from her as his teeth close, and he begins to lick his lips a little bit. With his hand, he wipes his lips, and then glares back down at her. Would that be less to you? He then tosses her a towel and a change of clothes. 
Go and take a damn bath. I'll be in my study. He then leaves her to her own devices. And she's once again left alone. Not even sure or remembering what has happened to her. Rose shakingly tries to stand up, but falls over again. She really struggles to get up. She doesn't know how long she's been out for. She looks to her arm as she tries to stand up and finds she's all slimy. Like She kind of looks like, what is this stuff? The nightgown she was wearing is now completely sticking to her. As she makes her way to the bath, she peels the nightgown off of her skin. She tries to remember what happened, racking her brain to figure out what happened, but she just can't recall. As she dips her feet into the water and slowly makes her way into the hot spring until she is leaning up against a rock, just enjoying the, the warmth around her when she remembers. Warmth. That's right. She felt a warmth when she was out. And then she remembers the sounds that she heard. And that, and that gurgling sound, the one that almost terrified her the most. She grows more concerned as her breathing hitches. As Rose recalls these memories, she gets uncomfortable. She brings her hands up to her face, ball up into a fist as she breathes into them. Did he eat her? What did he do to her? She knows that she wants to know. But at the same time, no matter how much that nagging thought was in the back of her head, she almost didn't want to know. And then she remembered what he did to her when she woke up. Was he expelling her? It was the last thing she saw after all. And she knew then she had to ask him. And that's where we're going to have a break today, guys. <laughs> I, this is probably definitely going to be a shorter episode for sure, but goddamn. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and Mary, what are your thoughts so far on this? Oh my god, the drama. <laughs> well, drama. <laughs> Fuck. She just... Mm, I'm not going to say what, but I'm pretty sure people got a definite good idea as to what he just did to her. <laughs> but either way that's where we're going to pause this rp and take a break so if you guys want any food or say you want to you know pause the rp or pause the podcast for any reason this right now would be the best time to go and take a break grab some food grab a snack and do whatever but we will see you guys next time when we come back And we are back from our break, so yeah, holy crap. <laughs> Anyways, this is gonna get some or get pretty serious now, so we are just gonna probably jump right in. We're not gonna like waste any more time, like come on. <laughs> but anyways, let's get right back to the second half of this episode of the Warden's Cage. 
Rose now remembering everything that she felt, everything that she heard, while unconscious. She continues to shiver as she thinks about what she is planning on doing. She comes to the conclusion that, yes, she will have to talk to Clyde about this in some way, shape, or form, but she knows this is probably not going to go well as she finishes her bath, gets dressed, and makes her way towards his office. But every time she takes a step, this, the sounds that she heard, his heartbeat, the, that awful gurgling sound, everything was pounding in her head as she almost like one of those sounds that you can't escape from. You always remember it. It'll always play in your head. And she peeks into his office to see that he's there. As she peeks around the corner and notices that, yes, indeed, he's sitting in his desk. He doesn't seem to be noticing her at the time. Instead, he seems to be pretty engrossed in what he is doing as he continues to kind of go through some papers. And he picks up a few papers as he kind of looks through them. as he kind of pours over these papers and tries to figure out whatever he's doing with his work, he doesn't notice as she continues to walk in. Uh, hey, um, Rose tries to speak, but it's almost like her voice is locked in her throat. Is She kind of trembles a bit and holds her throat as she looks up at him. I'm sorry about earlier, but I just have a pressing question to ask. What did you do to me? Did you... did you eat me, devour me, or whatever? The man pauses for a moment, and he kind of lifts his head up a little bit. He kind of turns to the side on his left shoulder a little bit and looks back at her. He doesn't say anything at first, but what he does then is he holds up his hand and pinch between his thumb and pointer finger. She sees her phone. Just right there. Unharmed. Seemingly like he's just showing her that he does have her phone. But before she could say anything, she sees his fingers squeeze and she hears a cracking sound. And then all of a sudden, his fingers clamp together, and he rolls his fingers together. She sees bits of her phone falling from his fingers. He then, his lips then part as he begins to speak. I don't accept your apology. You will have to earn my trust back. And as for your phone, you will no longer need it. The man then turns around, sits on his chair by his desk, and just kind of rests his arms on his knees as he kind of hunches over a little bit at her. You want the truth? Yeah, I ate you. You were passed out the whole time. But to be honest, it didn't matter either way. I still enjoyed your flavor. You taste really damn good. 
his lips part into a devilish grin as his eyes no longer held warmth, but instead just this dark evil permeating those same black and red ringed eyes. Having already had covered her mouth in shock, having seen her phone getting crushed to almost nothing but dust, she stands there and she whimpers a little bit and can, she can feel herself starting to cry and, and before she gets too out of control with this she squeaks out and I understand and she turns to leave before she knows that she will be a crying sniveling mess the man kind of his eyes follow her as she goes to leave but once again his lips part girl she stops the man just kind of grins a little bit you forgot something you have work to do the list that I had written is on your bed make sure you do everything before you retire for the evening and I want everything done to my specifications. He gives a very slight smirk and his and his demeanor and the quiet of the air just radiates and she can almost feel him still his gaze is burning into her. And on top of that, she can feel it in the back of her head that yes, he indeed is probably smiling at her, but not in a good way. She hurries over to her bed, and she looks to the list that is indeed there. She shakingly gra- just grasps at the paper and looks to see how long this list is. And as she reads down the list, she sees that yes, she has to take care of the animals, but under his supervision, as well as sweeping, mopping, dusting, polishing, prepping food with him, organizing and polishing his vials, as well as the other things that is in his office. But then at the end of this list shows that in his handwriting, wait for instructions from me. She is confused by this at first. As she kind of grasps the paper delicately as she returns to Clyde's office and kind of looks to him wondering what he expects her to do, especially if she has to wait for him to tell her to sweep, to mop, whatever she needs to do. And as she comes around the corner going to his office, she sees him already getting ready, putting his gloves on and everything seemingly like he's going to go out, but instead, he's readying himself to supervise her. So, he looks down at her then. Are you ready or not? Because you don't look ready. He then waits. No, 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 I'm ready. Let's just do it. He kind of glares at her. All right. And as he walks by her, he doesn't 
walk or be courteous like he was before. Instead, he would have normally picked her up and taken her out there so that she could conserve her energy a bit, but instead, this time, he just walks right past her. And as he walks by, his boots basically kicking up sand and a little bit of dust as he walks right past her, like, almost like she's beneath him. Into which, by this point, from what he is looking at at his standing, she might as well be. As he walks by her, he goes over to the entrance and opens up the rock hallway again to the entrance and out to the desert. And then he looks back at her with his hand on the rock. Get moving. Not wanting to say anything else to upset him, she doesn't say anything. She just hurries up and runs towards the entrance. There's literally nothing else she can do to catch up to him at this point. He just watches her as she runs out into the desert and starts around the corner and he walks out, closes the door again, and walks behind her, but kind of at a slower pace, but as he does, each step he makes thunders and shakes the ground that she is now running across. She finds herself getting tossed in the air sometimes from the force of the ground. She tries, she struggles and tries to reach the animals and the garden nearby. And she already knows that whatever's going to happen at this point on is not going to be good. As Rose is careful and tries very hard to keep away from him in order to stay out from underneath him so that she doesn't get caught underfoot. She manages to get her way to the yard where all the animals were, as well as the gardens. And as she's stumbling with some of the buckets, as well as the brushes and whatnot, some of them clattering to the ground, he kind of walks over, stands kind of at a distance, but behind her, and crosses his arms. And he just watches her. You better be careful with everything, and you better do it right, because I'm going to be watching. His voice was so sharp and cold, but that's to be expected after, for the fact that Rose essentially had betrayed him. But it's almost as if all the warmth was just gone, like it no longer existed. And with the anxiety and the stress of someone watching her, Rose knows now that she will probably mess up even more now as she is struggling not to cry any more than she already is, fearing for her life as she now tends to each animal as best as she can, waters each plant like it's a death sentence. She doesn't know if she's doing it right anymore at this point. She knows she's already doing worse than she was before. She couldn't even look at the calf the same way again. As she continues to do her chores, she even notices Daisy is keeping her distance. Not just from her, but also from him too. She can sense, and it almost seems like all the animals are a lot quieter now, sensing for the fact that their master is indeed pissed off. Eventually, as she finishes brushing and feeding the last animal and caring for it, 
she moves to finish the last of the watering for all the plants for looking to Clyde, wondering if there was anything else that maybe she had forgotten or if that was it. Seemingly he has no quips about her average performance. He just kind of glares at her. Get your ass inside. She doesn't nod. She doesn't nod at all. She just quickly just moves back into the cave, not wanting to anger him any further at this point. Now she moves to quickly go back into the cave. He follows again behind her. And as once she's inside again, he closes the door shut and it almost slams with a heavy thud. Enough to actually shake the cave a little and some bits and pieces of crystal fall from the ceiling. Little bits, not very much, and just a bit of dust. And then he looks to her. Now get moving. You still have a few other things you have to do. And I have to inspect every single one before you move on to the next piece. And you will do this until you are done. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Rose responds kind of quietly, but she knows now that what he means is sweeping and mopping, dusting and polishing now at this point. His hand removes from the rock then as he moves past her. Once again, walking past her and kicking up some dust and sand and debris into the air. But as he walks by, he kind of stomps a bit by her and she is rocked back onto her ass. And he just walks right past, not even looking at her, not giving her even the time of day. And he retires into his office once again. She gets up, brushing the dust off of her nightgown as she looks for the broom so that she can get to work. At first she starts to panic, wondering if maybe he has it or something, but eventually she does find it. As she sweeps and mops, dusts and polishes, she knows that she is getting tired, but still she presses onward. As she knows for certain that he will not allow her to take a break. You know, she can feel her finger her fingers wanting to bleed the more delicate the work is and the harder that she works. Is it is she punishing herself? Possibly, but it was also a mix of both. She didn't know what to do anymore. But she kept on track and continued to work. As Rose continues to do her tedious work, and the hard work indeed, it is definitely apparent now he is really punishing her. And he's all gloves off. This might as well be slavery by this point, unfortunately. But considering his size and what he is, there was no or very little hope that Rose could actually get on his good side again without doing extra work or doing something to please him to some degree. But what indeed would please him? But as she continues to work, he does walk past her a couple times, which again kicked up some dust that she had to sweep up once again. And he continues to make himself something to eat. 
but at the same time he does, although without Rose knowing, does indeed make something to feed her as well. And as he sets down the small plate, he then grabs his large plate, which did indeed hold two sandwiches for himself, and he looks down at her. Take a break just to eat, but then get moving again. And then he walks away. She hears him say this. A break. A break sounds nice. Food, maybe. But with all that had happened already, there's a lingering doubt in her. And she stops thinking, no, I have to finish this. And she continues working. As Rose ignores the break or permission to break, as well as the fresh sandwiches that have been laid out for her, she continues to work on her backbreaking chores. And as she continues working on them, and of course, him inspecting each one, he does notice the full plate of her two sandwiches, with now the bread having become a little hard because it's been several hours now and that's been left out. He then looks at her. Why didn't you eat? Because I have to finish this. I have to finish this. He then stomps his foot down right behind her and he leans down. I gave you specific instructions to take a break and just to eat. I'm not going to have you starve to death on me before I have whatever I want to do with you. Is that clear? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. She can't get a word out as she fumbles with her words as she can feel herself tearing up and the exhaustion starting to take. He leans in a little closer and he seemingly seems to be very pissed off once again. Shall I return you back to where you came from? No, I'll do what you ask. I'll do what you ask. Good. Now I'm gonna have to make you a couple new ones. Because I'm not gonna feed you old food. Because trust me, whatever you eat will wind up going back to me anyway. He then turns and heads over to the kitchen area and begin to prepare her two new sandwiches. But that vague threat under his voice, with that last comment, almost seemed to hang worse, like a miasma in the air. Rose continues to tremble, but she keeps working until she's sure the sandwiches are done. He then tosses or throws away the other two sandwiches he had made for her and then sets out a fresh new plate with two new sandwiches on there and he looks back to her and his eyes narrow into a very stern glare now you better eat these two or I'll eat you and then he walks away again she whimpers slightly as she drops whatever she was using for work as she steadily climbs up to her The sandwiches are waiting for her. As she eats, she can feel herself wanting to throw up. She can't. She can't eat it. She can't. No matter how much. No matter how hard she tries, 
it's too painful to eat. Regardless of how the sandwiches were made and prepared, and still delicious in themselves, unfortunately, Rose did not have the stomach for it. And she leaves only one and a half sandwich left before she continues to go off to her work. Bracing herself, wondering if she may die now because she couldn't finish a goddamn sandwich. She continues to work, praying by some miracle that he won't kill her because she didn't follow his instructions because she just didn't have the appetite to eat anymore. As she continues to work, she almost seems like she's in the clear, at least for now, because he had come out a couple times and didn't notice the sandwiches or had and just didn't care. But upon returning, because he had left for just maybe about five minutes, he returns, looks at the sandwiches, and then back at her. And he just takes the plate and takes the small plate up to his lips and opens his jaws and then empties the last bits of sandwich that was left into his own mouth and then sets the plate aside, but with a very stern clattering almost seeming like he was, again, pretty pissed off again. He doesn't say anything to her, but he just glares and then heads back into his office. She had been clutching the duster in her hands very tightly as she had waited for him to yell at her, say something, anything, grab her, whatever. But when nothing happened, she looks up, half relieved for now, but the impending doom was still heavy on her shoulders as she finishes up before going to work on polishing. She found that she was soon going to be almost done soon, and then she had to food prep with him. She didn't know how that was going to go. As he comes into the kitchen once again, he walks past her, but as she is walking, he doesn't pay attention to where she is and his boot lifts, and she can see the shadow of his boot now hanging over her. She squeaks and immediately rolls away from from him as hoping that she doesn't get crushed. His boot slams down once again in a torrent of sand and dust, blows past her, and he walks right past her, right over her. And luckily, she didn't wind up as nothing but a bloodied stain on the bottom of his boot. She trembles a bit seeing this, but she's got no time to worry about it for right now. She knows, she puts the thought in the back of her mind, although still terrified by it. This The thought terrified her, but unfortunately she knew she had to push the image back and away for now, and she had to f- focus, dreading now that she had to sweep and dust that new spot now. <laughs> and she knows now that she has to meal prep with him. And although she's not sure if she will ever be done sweeping or dusting and mopping at this rate. And as Rose recollects herself and her heart is slowing from the previous instant reaction she had to perform, he walks over and stands in front of the table and begins to prep their current dinner. And as he continues to prep it and get it ready. He then looks down to her 
Are you going to join me or are you just going to sit there? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was just trying to finish up as Rose puts away her stuff and she moves up to wash her hands and then climbs up to where the food prep is taking place. As he's already currently working on some carrots and cutting them up, he then looks to her and hands her a few things, as such as herbs as well as a few potatoes. Cut these up. I'll work on the other stuff. And he continues to cut up the carrots and then eventually moves on to the onions, but each slice of that knife shakes the entire table that she's sitting on. And it seems almost like every single action he is doing is a very vague threat towards her. Nonetheless, she continues to work, although she has to continuously watch him to make sure that she doesn't slice her finger off every time he does something like this. Eventually he gets done cutting and starts bringing over the onions and potatoes that she was working on, and the carrots, and even some of the chunks of meat and putting them into a stew pot. And by the look of it, it looks like they're having some sort of potted beef or beef stew by some degree. Like as they continue to work, she can start to smell the, the meal coming to life and it smells wonderful, but also bittersweet at the same time. But she continues to work as instructed, feeling her eyes dim though, and a soft glow from her chest. As he continues to stir the stew, he just kind of looks over at her. You're lucky I don't stick you in here. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that would be interesting if I stuck you in my bowl after. That actually sounds like it'd be good. And he kind of strokes his beard as he grins a bit. She can... She tries not to whimper, but there's a soft soft one still that escapes her lips as she continues to work. Eventually she does finish up her current chore as she waits for further instruction. He then looks over and sees that she's finished and adds the herbs. I'll finish this. Go and do organizing as well as the polishing of my vials. By the time you're done, dinner should be ready. She makes no time to waste as she hurries away into his office and with each delicate touch almost relieves that she has some space from him for now as she delicately polishes each vial and bottle with a very precise eye and control, although it was very shaky with how tired she was. And as she continues to do this, and continues to finish it. He does go ahead and look around, seemingly. No arguments or quips about what she's done so far. And goes back to the kitchen and begins to serve up their dinner, as well as crusted bread that had been toasted with cheese and different herbs. Come get dinner. Rose finishes up her task as she climbs down and returns to the kitchen area where she climbs up onto the table 
not feeling like her arms are going to fall off as she even slips and almost falls off the table before catching herself and climbing back up with a very strained force. And as she gets onto the table, she has her usual pillows that she sits on and little dining table for herself with her own bowl of stew, milk, and bread. And as she goes to sit, of course he is sitting there too, but this time she is now facing him. And not so close, but more seemingly of a tensed kind of stare as he continues to begin to eat and seemingly has a tall glass of beer next to him. Again, not feeling real, really much of an appetite, even though she knows she has to eat. She hasn't eaten very much all day. She eats a few things from her stew, but for a moment she feels more tired than hungry, and she more so just plays with the stew for a while, just kind of looking at it, feeling almost ill, almost. But no, she has to keep going. She has to eat, but it's it's just so hard. She do, she just doesn't have an appetite, just like before. And as she tries her best to eat, but ends up ultimately playing with her food, he just kind of stares at her and glares a little bit. But he takes his beer and begins to drink from it. He brings the glass to his lips and begins to drink. Rose then hears the unmistakable gurgle and it is very familiar to her. And it's coming from right below underneath the table from him feeling more scared than ever before. She kind of looks at her food and then back to him as she just tries to force the stew down now. He kind of looks at her and as he's eating the stew and bringing a spoonful of stew up to his lips every once in a while, he then puts the spoon down into what's left of his stew and brings his hands up his elbows resting on the table as he interlocks his fingers with this kind of now conjoined fist up to his lips as he just kind of watches her. Rose feels like this bile coming up her, right, coming right back up her throat, but she fights it and she swallows it, having forced herself to overwork herself. She knows now that this is exhaustion that she's feeling, but she tries to press on anyway. Although, as she finally finishes the stew, now feeling like she was, she's probably going to throw up in about an hour, she stops and looks up at him, a bit terrified as to what he's going to do. As he continues to stare down at her, he then finally speaks. So... Granted, I understand for the fact that you're afraid of me now, and for good reason. But when I say something, it better be done. You've done 
great care into doing that so far. But, next question is, you're going to betray me again. Silence permeates the air. Tears well up in Rose's eyes as she kind of sits there, kind of grasping at her own table as she watches him, but then her eyes trail back down to her lap as she doesn't know how to answer. Although it would be a lot more difficult to betray him now, she, in her heart she probably won't as there's nothing else she can do at this point. She At this point, but she doesn't know how long she can keep this up. His eyes kind of narrow again and his eyebrows furrow into a glare. That was a question I expect you to answer me, girl. Sorry, I just don't know how to answer that question right now. His eyebrow kind of twitches a little bit. My ass, now fucking answer me. I'll die if I do, and I'll die if I don't. So what, what, do, you, what, what do you want from me? He then slams his fist into the table. I said answer me! Sorry, I just, I just want to go home. This is not home. I don't know if I can. Like, I probably won't betray you because they'll keep me alive longer, but for how long? In his anger, he had kind of stood up from his seat a little bit, with his fist still planted on the table. You really think that you're still gonna get the hell out of here? Piss off in that dream. There's no way you're getting out of here. Ever. Because I won't let it. I tried to be civil and I tried to be nice to you. Hell, I even got you presents. But you go and you do what you did and you expect me to just let you waltz on out of here? You're dreaming, kid. You're never gonna get out of here. Right. <laughs> At this point, I think I know just what your game is. You're trying to suck up to me just so that you keep keep your sorry little hide alive. <sighs> Let's see how long that lasts. He then picks up his bowl, slams it into the dish area, breaking it and shattering it, and then walks away. Rose cries for a little bit as she puts her dishes away. That feeling in her stomach builds up and is too much for her. She ends up throwing up all of her dinner onto the floor. She continues to sob as she takes the mop and she cleans up her own mess, feeling like she's all alone. After that encounter, and the silence now almost deafening by this point as Rose continues to only hear the sound of her own sobbing, the sound of her own movement, until finally she's finished with everything. Now the only thing left 
She has to wait for his instructions now. With that being the last on the list, she just holds the list out and she just quietly sits down. After about 10, 20 minutes of waiting there and they seem to drag on as the minutes just slowly go by until finally she hears him move up from his seat and he begins to walk back into the main atrium where she is now sitting and then he looks down at her you stand and wait for me so get your ass up off the ground she does as she's told and she quickly stands up at full attention he then kind of walks around slowly inspecting everything making sure everything is good and then he comes back seemingly alright with everything she's done comes back and stands in front of her and then he leans down and rests his butt on the back parts of his feet and just watches her alright you seem to be finished and everything seems to be adequate so I'll go ahead and say that your punishment has been, for the most part, served. But I'm not done yet. He pauses, and this long pause just kind of forms a large knot in her stomach. What else do I have to do? Oh, it's nothing you have to do, my dear. It's what I have to do. And you know what? I'm going to be making a few changes. <laughs> From now on, you're no longer allowed to sleep in your own bed. You'll be sleeping with me. Rose's eyes widen, but she stands there with her hands behind her back as she waits to hear what else he has to say. He then holds up his hands and with his middle finger and his pointer finger now extended and the other three are curled. Second, you will be under severe supervision should you be outside of the cave. And third, he then extends out the third finger, his ring finger. You are under lockdown in this cave, which means you can't go anywhere in here without me knowing. And then fourth, all meals will be eaten with me. Is that understood? Rose kind of bows her head as her eyes dim to a very dull green. She just closes her eyes. Yes, I understand. He then kind of smiles a little bit, but not in a good way. Lately, his smiles don't seem to indicate any sort of joyful or happy feeling. Instead, it's more like a cynical, almost sickening, devious kind of smile. Good. Glad we can agree. He then stands up, but he still looks down at her. I told you from the get-go. 
depending upon how you react and how you treat me specifically would indicate how it would be here. And I told you, you learn to like it here, you learn to enjoy your time with me. Things would be different. Things would be happy. Things would be uh, a walk in the park. But I didn't tell you what would happen should you not. I'll make it a living hell in here for you. Until the end of your days. You will stay with me. You will die by my hand. Once you've outgrown your usefulness. And by the look on your face, it looks like I might be soon. So. You want to think that this is a damn prison? Then I will make it one for you. He glares at her, staring down. But as she looks up to see him, she sees, yes, indeed, he is glaring. But for the most part, his entire form is shadowed because of the lack of light within the cave, except for the two red rings now gleaming like red blood and fire just glaring at her as they continue to gleam and illuminate his face in the shadow. And that's where we're going to stop this RP for today. Holy shit. <laughs> Mary, your fucking thoughts? <laughs> I've got nothing to say. <laughs> really? No. Really? You have nothing to say about all that, no. dude? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. That turned real fast, did it not? Yeah, it sure did. God damn. Like, the amount between the two of them, and, like, it seemed like everything seemed to be fine, but then all of a sudden, no. Because of everything that happened, she just... Everything just turned on a fucking dime. And didn't we say that before? We said that, it, basically, his, depending upon how she reacts, his personality will turn right on a fucking edge. <laughs> like, we said that before, right? I think so, yeah. <sighs> This is getting insane. To be honest, I'm not entirely sure how she's gonna manage to get his trust back, not to mention getting ba back in good terms with him. Because, uh, I mean, it's possible. I mean, he allowed her to even speak to her own parents when she was in good standing with him. But now that it's completely different, so now you gotta wonder, what else is he willing to do if she's going to continue to misbehave, so to speak? Chances are she won't be misbehaving again, but we'll see. Yes. But now here's the next question is, how do you, th okay, how do you think, what are the options, and how do you think that Rose is actually going to get back onto good standing with him? What do you think would be some things that she could do? Chances are, I 
I think regardless of what she does, I think she's kind of doomed. <laughs> think she's doomed, eh? <laughs> well, <laughs> to be honest, if you want my opinion, there's probably a few things she could do. Well, first of all, number one, she'd have to swallow that. Um, it's not pride that she has, but it's a more or less this all gloom and doom, so to speak. Yeah, goodness. I mean, yeah, the situation she is in is very gloomy and doomy. <laughs> But, to some degree, she's got to braven up a little bit, and then, you know, she'd have to have some balls. And to be honest, he does admire that, to some degree. Or at least he commemorates it. Next would be, is what if she cooked for him? You know, because the quickest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And in this case, in his case, literally. <laughs> what do you think, Miri? Like I said, we will see. <laughs> well, either way, there's a few things that she could probably do, and, you know, we'll have to see in the next episode, because holy shit, I mean, this is just hit, like, holy crap, this hit real hard in this episode. So now we just gotta see what happens with the next one. So, yeah. But anyways, as always, uh, you can find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon as either... Arya Jaeger or Demonic Freak. I know for sure my patron is Demonic Freak, so, and like I said, for both of us, we have, um, our patrons now hold or host the original story, which is False Lies, on our patrons. So if you want to check out those comics, be sure to check out the links in the description below. <laughs> Anyways, Miri? And of course, you can find me at Instagram, Twitter, and Ko-Fi at Rosemary underscore art, or if you want to follow me on Patreon, it is just Rosemary. Yep. So, and also as well as we have a conjoined um, our Crossroad Stories Twitter and our Crossroad Stories uh, Ko-Fi as well. So, again, all these links will be in the description box below. And with that, that's all we have for you guys today. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we hope to see you all next time. And remember, guys, a story is a winding road with many turns. You never know what the road will bring next.